0: Since the baby is born, it changes everything. He comes and brings an invitation to all people. He comes and brings grace to all. He brings justice to all. And He brings hope for all, no matter the situation or circumstance that they're in. We've had a real gift in Cincinnati this Advent season. Because we've we've seen, we've heard, and maybe even participated in a real story, real events of hope uh, of a young woman in our city facing inoperable brain cancer, yet refused to let that rob her hope, and even in the power of Christ within her, turned it into hope for many and for all, it truly bringing light. Into darkness. Where where hope, a life of hope, has, has fed her faith. And her refusal to give up. She's shown us what it means to, to wait on the Lord. And I'm so thankful for Lauren Hill and her family. She's a freshman at Mount St. Joe's, a basketball player. And I'm so thankful that they allowed all of us in on their story and shared their story with us and on uh, their lives. Uh, Where Lauren uh, refused to let an inoperable brain tumor stop her from living. And and she is making a difference, continuing to do the right thing, continuing uh, to live for others, living for those that will follow after her. For the hope of Christ is what feeds her faith. And it's her faith that that feeds her hope. And she lives for Christ even now. (laughs) I just want to share, if you haven't heard that story, I've told you a little bit about Lauren. But here's a little video that tells you a little more of her story and how she's living into the fullness of that hope.
1: people in the world. I would have never guessed how many nice people are out there. Because you know, we're taught that we that we live in a world that's like, you know, you can't trust anyone and all that stuff. But, I mean, people have been really good. A word or two to describe yeah. my life? Hmm. Unpredictable. Day by day, everything in my life is kind of day by day. Moment by moment, just the fact that my body is shutting down and there's nothing that I can do to stop it. Because I never know when I'm going to have a good day or when I'm going to have a bad day, or when my legs are going to be working and when they're not excited like being in the wheelchair kind of makes you feel helpless and it it just frustrates me that my legs aren't working and I mean I had mom bring him a peddler like a desk peddler thing because I didn't want to lose muscle but I'm losing muscle anyway because it's just it's just gonna happen I mean I believe God has the last say that's what's been happening. I ask them for a cure for cancer and that nobody else has to go through this someday. And that my family will be fine when and if I'm gone. I usually play for my family because they're who I worry about. What do I want everyone to know about me? That I never give up even though I have my low moments when I feel like giving up you know it's moments when it's just like please just is it over you know and but I just keep fighting and it's my family that keeps me up and moving in those moments I don't know I don't want to be considered like when and if I do pass I don't want people to say I lost where I gave up. Mm-hmm. I just don't want people to say that I lost. They won't think about it, but this, yeah, she lost a DIPG, and I don't want that. I want to. She kicked DIPG's butt. Raised a lot of money for research. I just want to be known to have, like, a big impact. You
0: know, the Advent events that we celebrate talk about another teenage girl who lives in hope as well, who refuses to give up, who, who receives all that is, is given to her and trusts in God and does what is right, who lives for others, whose hope feeds her life. And that's Mary, the mother of Jesus. We can le- learn a lot this Advent season as we prepare for Christmas from these two women. Who are fueled by hope. The passage this morning is in Luke chapter 1. Starting with verse 26. And, and this is the, the time when Mary, a teenage Jewish girl, is in a conversation with an angel, the angel Gabriel. Telling her what her life is going to hold and her response um, to the angel. It's found on page 831 in your pew Bible, Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we pray uh, that your spirit would open our eyes and ears to hear from you, open our very soul to receive from you, each of us this day, And that you would would feed our hope as well. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This this hope that, that Mary hears about here is one that is a challenging hope. It's a hope of celebration, but it's also a challenging hope. I mean, you hear it in, in the, the interaction between Gabriel and Mary. Right? I mean, Gabriel comes on, Hey, greetings, highly favored one. God has blessed you. And Mary responds, we're told, with confusion and perplexed. And, and then Gabriel you know, regroups it. Don't be scared. We catch right there this, this hope. That is one that is a great celebration, but also a great challenge. Maybe the hardest thing to grasp is that when, when Mary was given this privilege, this hope, that it also entailed a whole lot of suffering. Can you imagine the, the stories that go on? I mean, you know, what was going on within Mary? She's like, you know, I haven't been with a man, so how can I be born or how can I have a child? And then what am I? She didn't say this, but you got to think, what's going on in her mind? What am I going to say? What's Joseph? Joseph, I'm engaged to Joseph, and now I'm going to be pregnant without knowing him fully. And what's he going to do? And what's everybody else going to say? Can you imagine what the crowds would say? You know, in, and in the first century, it, it was punishable by death to be pregnant and not be married. Can you imagine what the crowds, the hecklers would say? You know, how atrocious, glad Facebook wasn't around in that day. You no. Know? Right, Mary, right, God's the one that caused you to be with child. Points for creativity. Points for wild thinking, Mary. Sure. And that's nothing to say that then this child of hers, she's going to see ostracized, beaten, and hanging on a cross. That hope is, is great in celebration, but also really challenging. Maybe one of the hardest things to, to, to address in all of this is to think that, yes, God has allowed Lauren Hill to have cancer. God has allowed her to have cancer. But what's the amazing thing in the face of such a challenging event She, like Mary, responds with hope. She refuses to have her life robbed from her because of that disease. The hope that God brings to us is both challenging and celebratory. But it wouldn't be hope if it weren't challenging. I mean, who needs hope if everything's going well? This is is a hope for the the greatest of pain. This is a a hope to, to face and overcome even evil itself. It's a hope that no matter what we face, we refuse to let life be robbed from us. And Lauren and Mary... Lead the way and show us that a hope in God that will bless the world and make it right. But but this hope is not a nice little sentimental Hallmark card. Apologies to anybody that works for Hallmark. This is a crazy, outlandish hope. What 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 did the angel Gabriel say to Mary? This one who resides in you is now going to be the king of kings. He will reign over the world forever. This is a, a crazy, outlandish hope that you, little nobody Mary and nobody place, are now gonna be Carrying in your womb the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The creator of the universe. And that this one is going to make all kinds of changes real. He's going to invite anyone and everyone to come. And know God, doesn't matter where you're born or who you are or what you have or what you've done. Anyone, everyone are welcome to come. And he's going to accomplish in his own life the, the grace That is ours simply to receive. That grace is to all. This one in your womb, Mary, is the one who's going to reign over the world. And he's going to live and he's going to die. He's going to be raised to new life. He's going to accomplish all that needs to accomplish. He's going to earn all that needs to be earned. So that anyone and everyone only in grace can come to know God. And live with God today, tomorrow, and every day. And this one who is in you is going to reign forever as King of King and Lord of Lords. This hope, this hope is not something to just keep for yourself in in your own little bubble. We, We do not get a personal Jesus as our personal hope. No, we get a whole lot more than that. We get the King and King and Lord of Lords who is not my hope or just your hope, but He is the hope of the whole universe. That's how crazy this hope is. The hope isn't just for me and you and how thankful I am that Lauren Hill is receiving this hope, not just for herself, But is using these these last days, living for God, and and even though she doesn't know if her legs are going to work, she's standing up and giving voice and raising over a million dollars for children's cancer research. She has not shrunk the hope of Christ into a nice little personalized sized hope like some personal pan pizza. Even though she's going to die, she is fully alive because she has a God sized hope. I mean, this is a crazy hope that Jesus shall reign. And as as you're here, if you're here as a follower of Jesus, then this is your hope. This is your crazy hope that Jesus shall reign and He will bring not only invitation, not only grace, but even justice for all. I mean, th- this is not just a nice story. This is, this is not just a, a nice morality play. Nice events that inspire us at this time of year when we, we have nice decorations and, and lots of candles and, and beautiful flowers. This is something that really happened, we believe. That a teenager carried a child in her womb who was placed there not by human means but by the Holy Spirit. And this child was named Jesus. And He was God in the flesh, 100% human, 100% divine. And He he came and was born even though His diapers had to be changed, even though He relied on the milk of His mother's breast to nourish Him, He was the King of kings and Lord of lords. And He's going to rule the world with grace and truth. And He rules in our lives in grace and truth now. And that same King of kings and Lord of lords died on the cross for the sins of the world. And He will be raised to new life. To overcome, to show the defeat of sin and death. And that sin is not just personal sin. It's not just my sin and your sin. It's not just our sin. But it is the systemic sins of our world. It is the evil that we see all around us. Whether it's poverty. Whether it's racism. Whether it's sloth. Whether it's entitlement. Whether it's oppression, abuse, greed, disease, fear, unbelief, death in sin itself, Jesus has come and was born and lived and died and was raised again to give us that sure and certain hope that all of those are defeated in Him. And we live knowing that's the case. We, we live knowing that's true. And, and Mary and Lauren are leading the path for us to live into the fullness of that Kind of crazy hope. That is a certain hope. The angel knows that it's a sure and certain hope, right? What, what, what does Gabriel tell Mary right at the end that this 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 challenging, this, this celebratory, this this crazy hope? It is certain because nothing. Is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And Mary says those great words, those powerful words. Okay, let it be to me according to what you have said. And doesn't Lauren say the same thing? just she updates it a little bit. I'm never giving up. Not because she has strength or power. As she said, she knows God is the one in control. God is the one who has the last say. And because of that, she's never giving up. Let it be to me according to what you say. Both. Both, uh, both of these uh, women, these teenage women, are, are showing us what it means to wait on the Lord. So what advent is all about. So we, we wait on God's uh, coming. Uh, the, the, those that went before us uh, waited for God's coming in His first appearance, in His birth in Bethlehem. Now we wait on His second coming when He comes fully as King of King and Lord of Lords and brings all things to completion. But until then, we wait. We wait, but we wait actively. I mean, Lauren, she continued to play. She continued to make layups until she couldn't. She continues to speak. She continues to keep living with a deep-seated trust In God's action. Nothing is impossible with God. And she's living that out. We have the same hope in us, you know. We have that same kind of hope that's challenging, that's crazy, but that is certain. What a great gift we've been given this Advent. To see how to wait on the Lord. Isaiah says it really well in Isaiah 40. Chapter chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted, but those who wait... For the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What is the prevailing flavor of your life? What's the prevailing flavor of your life? And we see in these two women the prevailing flavor of hope. Of hope that is certain. Hope oh, it's crazy, but that is certain and sure. There's all kinds of other ways that our lives can be flavored. They can be flavored by fear. They can be flavored by pity, anger, greed, confusion, apathy, blame. What's the prevailing flavor of your life? Let it be hope. Let it be hope like like Mary and Lauren have showed us that we, we wait upon the Lord. But again, it's not a passive waiting. It's a very active waiting, but waiting, trusting, living in the Lord and in the Lord alone reminded um, one other uh, person to bring into this is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a a German theologian and pastor and and he um, led the, the minority of the Christian church in Germany in the 30s and 40s against Hitler. Most of the church just sort of silently went along with Hitler. But Bonhoeffer saw the evil that the Third Reich was propagating and he led a a minority of of folks in an underground church, in an underground uh, seminary. And uh, he opposed him and eventually was imprisoned. Imprisoned for about a year and a half, never got out, eventually executed but it was in the, the for, 1943, in December of 43, and, and we have letters to his parents and to his fiancée. And he wrote a letter to his fiancée and said, You know, this, it is the best thing to celebrate Advent behind bars. It, it's the, the, the best thing because I, I, I can't decorate anything. I, I, I can't gather with the children. I, I can't make pumpkin pie or apple strudel or whatever it was that he couldn't make at the time. The only thing, the only thing I have is the only thing that is the essence of our hope and that is the gift of Christmas that is Jesus the Christ. What a gift it is that the only thing I have is Him so that my hope may be full and complete and pure and unaltered. For, for some of us, we have a lot of stuff in our lives. And Christmas tends to bring that to the fore, doesn't it? Yeah, We've we got a lot of stuff that we can hope in. You know, whether it's our resources, whether it's our intelligence, whether it's our health. In, in some ways, when it really comes to, to knowing and, and fully living in the fullness of our hope, those things can get in the way. It, it can be uh, really dangerous for us to be wealthy and, and healthy. Healthy. And intelligent. Because we can hope in those things. Instead of hoping in Jesus. Those hopes aren't crazy. You know those hopes really aren't really challenging. And they're not certain either. Matter of fact they're even believable. Believable. Now, some of us, though, some of us here, we're, we're hitting bottom right now. now. I know this is sort of upside down, isn't it? But, you know, if that's the case, you're the lucky one. Because you have no option but to hope in Christ and in Christ alone. To wait on Him and Him alone. To trust in Him and Him alone. When the baby is born, he brings a hope. A hope that is challenging, but a hope that is celebratory. He he brings a hope that is crazy, but it is one that is certain. And it is a hope that is for everyone who receives him. A hope that can, that can never be tainted, that can never be thwarted. A hope that never dies. A hope that defeats evil, sin, and death. In the power of Jesus Christ, all can live in His hope of grace and truth. And we, along with others, no matter what, we never give up because of Him. Amen. Let's, uh Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank You for the, the fullness of hope That you give to us in Jesus. Whether with cancer, behind bars, or facing a horrific future, or no matter what, that hope is sure and certain. And Father, we, we ask for the gift to each of us that you will, you will give up, you will help us, you will show us what gets in the way of living into the fullness of that hope, what, what competes with, with waiting upon you, what, what competes with, with longing for you and, and trusting in you. Show us the ways that we hope and those, those things that are, are weak. Show us the ways that, that we hope and those things that are false. Show us for the ways that our our hope is is incomplete. That our hope is fragile. And and lead us, Lord. So so fill us as we support and encourage one another. As your Spirit fills us, that that we would have that, that challenging, crazy, certain hope that only you Can bring to us. Father, we we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are are facing uh, imprisonment and and persecution for their faith. For our brothers and sisters who who are refugees, been run from their homes in Iraq and Syria. Those who, who face such opposition in Nigeria, the church in Pakistan that has faced such direct opposition and violence. Lord, we join with them and seek Your Spirit to continue to have born in them a hope that comes only from You. And Lord, we we lift up uh, to you as well those in our midst, our brothers and sisters in need of your healing touch. Continue to pray for Tom Chaporis and Anne Rainey and Julie Ellsworth and and Bob Spellman. For Alan McKinney and Linda Bredemeyer, For Barb Houston. For Don and Wanda Wanda Kuyper. We lift up as well uh, Laura Schindeldecker, uh, who's a, a global worker, whose father died this past week. We pray for her, for her family in the midst of, of that loss. And for others who, who this season where it's, it gives us this sure and crazy and certain hope is, is one that exacerbates their grief and their pain. For those who maybe this is the the first Christmas without another. Because of death or because of estrangement. And we pray, Lord, that your, Your Spirit would bring that hope and peace that is beyond all understanding. And Lord, we come together as one. Thankful for that hope. Thankful for what you have done to to show us and lead us and and empower us. To to, to be your people in in this community, in this city. Uh, To continue to live in the, the, the fullness of your invitation, of your grace, of your justice. No matter what we face because of that sure and certain hope in you. Help us as your people, just as Mary and Lauren are signs of your hope. Help us to be as well signs of that crazy, certain hope that Jesus is Lord and Lord and King of kings. And we ask in one voice, praying our our prayer to be your church without walls. Hear us, not, not just saying these words together, but continue to hear us and inform our very desire, inform our life together, so that we fulfill what we ask of You and Your power and for Your glory. Let's pray together. Dear God, make us into Your community for Your glory. Connect us in Jesus no matter our differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus, no matter the cost. Help us to celebrate you, no matter the circumstances. We need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. Amen. Now, I want to invite um, Janet Dumford um, forward as we've been uh, walking through this series of... uh, Christmas change, just had a few folks come and uh, share with us how God was changing, has changed um, them in some other more just personal ways. So thank you, Janet.
2: Good morning. My name is Janet Dumford. <laughs> uh, I am currently an elder serving on session, but that is not the only ministry that I'm a part of. About a year ago, a team formed that was interested in reaching out to parents with zero to three-year-olds in College Hill. The mission is to increase literacy by encouraging and connecting the families and by providing training and resources that prompt them to read to their kids at this very early age. It started with the staff and members of this church, but spread to include the head librarian of the College Hill Library and staff at Pleasant Hill Academy, as well as a College Hill mom with two young kids. We are now officially the College Hill Early Literacy Team. We are planning a series of workshops for March 2015 and are hoping that we will engage with parents from Pleasant Hill, Three cs Nursery School, and families of little ones in the neighborhood. And if that sounds at all exciting to you, please talk with me about it later for more information. What Drew really asked me to share with you today is the way God is using my involvement with this team to change me and my walk with God. The biggest thing I can share with you is how this is challenging me to go outside of our walls. I've never considered myself an evangelist and have for most of my life felt called to minister to those already in the church. While I believe that is still important, I hear God telling me that there is a world of hurting people that haven't heard his name. Hundreds of them right here in our own community, people that need the hope of Christ. A few months ago, I read the parable of the three servants in Matthew 25, where two servants go, invest, and return with more than they were given, and a third buried what he was given and returns with the same amount. It struck me very differently than it had before. I was the third servant. I had not gone out into the world and invested the good news of forgiveness and redemption in those I met, and so when I returned to my master, I had no one to bring with me. I felt completely convicted. I see now that God was opening my eyes to prepare me for the work that he had already placed before me. This early literacy team is seeking to build relationships in our community. I now hope and pray that I will be forming friendships with other parents that don't know Jesus. I get excited and scared at the same time. I'm not good enough to be a witness. I don't have all the right words or amazing answers to every question. But I do have Jesus. I have the spirit dwelling inside me, and so I will have to rely on him. I surrender any confusion about who is in control to him, and I move forward following his leading. Ready to stop hiding my faith just below the surface and to invest everything I have been given.